Aha, ha, ha, ha. What it do, baby? Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 742 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday, July the 15th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean, and you can find the show at Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure you're checking out the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network as sports near their return. We're just like nine days away from baseball happening as the Blue Jays play a super bizarre split squad game in an empty sky dome for no fans yet they're still playing walk-up music and all that stuff all of that's got me very excited for the return of baseball if you are like me and can't wait for baseball to come back please go check out the uh, lockdown shows covering all of the teams around the big leagues same goes for hockey basketball baseball all the sports they talk about in that lonely island song please go check those out and uh, subscribe rate and review it's very much appreciated All right, on today's show, we are continuing our trip around the Eastern Conference as we get reacquainted with all of the teams the Raptors will be competing with in the Eastern Conference, in the bubble down in Disney. And uh, the team that, you know, the Raptors dispatched pretty handily last year in the Eastern Conference Finals, the 2019 Eastern Conference runners-up, as they're known on this podcast, Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks are quite good, as it turns out. They have an extremely good record. They're just about a half game, I think, from locking up the one seed in the Eastern Conference. They're going to go ahead and do that. And they have the reigning MVP. They're quite good, and uh, they're worth talking about, I guess. And so joining me on today's show are a pair of lovely podcasters who for some reason decided to come on this here podcast and uh, presumably are expecting, I would hope at least, some sort of tampering, ripping, or some sort of comments about last year's Eastern Conference Finals. They're, they're here for some reason, and I very much appreciate it. It is first, Ty Windish. Ty, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm very, very happy to be on the podcast, despite the constant ribbing, the constant tampering. I've gotten used to it. I'm over it. I'm just here to say I'm going to enjoy the Raptors again. Always liked them. Always liked Lowry. I really like Siakam. I really like OG. Terrence Davis is fun. I like. My, I just like them all. I'm going to enjoy them. I don't care how 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 badly they did my team last year. I'm over it. I'm not going to let fans on Twitter mean to me in my mentions, sending gifts. I'm not going to let it ruin basketball for me. I'm going to enjoy the Raptors. So I'm here trying to enjoy the Raptors again. I appreciate you being the bigger person here. Uh, I certainly will not be that. Also joining me on today's show, uh, joining us, I guess, on today's show is your co-host on the Eurostep podcast on the Blue Wire Network and making his first appearance on this podcast is Rohan Cotty. How's it going, man? You know, I'm doing okay. Ty seems to be a better person than I am. Uh, I am here to spread the good word about the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, I will take all beef and I don't know, I'm just, I'm, I'm ready to square up. Like yeah, that works. Form. That's a, uh, that's good. Uh, more ready to square up than Eric Bledsoe was in the conference finals last year. I think I already changed my mind. <laughs> on, our, on our podcast, we did a series where we rewatched all of the conference finals games and oh, no. went through all of the pain again. So nothing can hurt us anymore. That's true. Yeah, that sounds like uh, quite the exercise. I can't say I went back and watched like any of the Raptors sweeps at the hands of LeBron or the Wizards or anything like that. So uh, you guys are uh, far more big people than I ever will be. And uh, again, that's about to be proven over the next 25 minutes or so, I'm sure. Um, let's, let's get reacquainted with Milwaukee, shall we? They're 
obviously quite good. They're, they're probably the team most people kind of remember the most. How could you not with Giannis dunking on everybody, uh, you know, 10 times a game and, you know, Brooke Lopez continuing to be like all of a sudden one of the best defenders in the league after being not that for a long time in his career. Um, you got George Hill barely missing a shot all season long. Uh, Ty, let's start with you, you know, sort of where were the Bucks at when they left off when things shut down? I know they had lost a couple games, uh, sort of a big game against the Lakers in particular that uh, dumb people thought was going to change the MVP conversation, which there's there's no debate. As You know, I love future Raptor Giannis Antetokounmpo a lot, and there's no way that he was ever going to lose the MVP vote for, for this season, I, you know, as much as LeBron might try to steal the narrative. Um Ty, I'm sure you'll overlook that comment I just made uh, <laughs> when you make this answer because you're a pro. Um, what did you know? Where were the Bucks at? Were they sort of still engendering a ton of confidence that they were by far the best team in the Eastern Conference? Were there any doubts creeping in? What was the situation with Milwaukee when last we saw them? I don't know if there were full-throated doubts creeping in, but it was certainly the Bucks' worst run of the season. They started. Uh, two and two, I believe, with just some really uninspiring performances the very beginning of the season. And I remember Rohan and I were kind of like, oh, goodness, like what's going on here? Like what's about to happen? Mm-hmm. And fortunately, you know, they brought it back. They won the crazy win streak. They're really, really good. And then some injuries are creeping in. Like Chris had kind of a neck thing people forget about. and he, His game was really off. Giannis had a little knee thing that doesn't seem very serious. And I think by now is, is completely in the past. But you know, as far as uh, a horrible, terrible, horrific global pandemic can somehow be almost beneficial to a team, it's like as you can't ever no, – this is not beneficial to anyone, but as close as it can be, it might have been for the Bucks, who were honestly sliding, needed to get themselves out of a slump. Uh, Marvin Williams was not shooting well. He was in kind of a slump. I'm kind of hoping that he, the, the Bucks' key midseason acquisition, kind of comes back with a better shot. But, yeah, they were, they were banged up. They were not playing very well. So it was kind of nice to just not have to worry about actually breaking the sump. They can just leave it in the past entirely. I would argue that in some way the pandemic was good for New York Knicks fans and that they didn't have to watch the Knicks play basketball anymore. But yes, your point sure, stands. Yeah. Um, yeah, you could apply that to all the Delete 8 teams, I think. <laughs> yeah, def- although the Atlanta Hawks apparently were really juiced up to keep on playing for some ungodly reason um rohan anything to add there you know was there anything that was particularly standing out to you from the way the bucks were playing going into the pause it just seemed like it was they were almost hitting like sort of a mid-season slump everyone Mm -hmm. was sort of getting injured and uh the bucks had like the oldest roster i think by uh, average age so you just get a lot of these uh dnp olds as we call them yeah Uh, just just a lot of rest and it like Ty said, it's not a good thing that uh, we are in the midst of a pandemic, but uh, it was beneficial for the Milwaukee Bucks in terms of they got to rest because it was much needed. Totally. And so, you know, whenever we're kind of talking about another team on this podcast and and we're trying to sort of get the feel for how things are going, I I just kind of like to get a gauge of where sort of the fan base is at. And this could be just where you guys currently sit. This could kind of be the feeling of everything. Um, You know, I know personally going through last year's Raptors season, it was a very stressful season. There was a lot riding on it. There was a lot in terms of future implications, we thought at least. Obviously, Kawhi left anyway, so it didn't all matter in the end. But, um, you know, it felt like 
every win mattered and it like raised the chance you might stay by a percentage point and that felt like it mattered a ton and so i'm curious you know there, there's obviously a lot of uncertainty now with where the league is going in terms of the salary cap and what the max contract is going to look like super max contract is going to look like for Giannis. he of course still can accept that this summer if the bucks offer it to him and shut us dumb raptors fans up uh and and end all talk of tampering but you know it's, until then there's a playoffs to play out here along with these eight games that mean pretty much nothing for the Bucks. Um, you know, Ty, what's the, the mindset of fan, uh, of Bucks fans right now? Are people feeling confident? Are people feeling, you know, scared? Are they kind of a mix of both? Like what's the sort of uh, sense among Bucks fans as we head into the return of basketball here? It's, it's just so complicated. I mean, during the season, I thought a lot of fans who would, you know, kind of tweet me. I, I mean, I'll get into the nitty gritty on some of these games that really don't matter. Sometimes they'll win handily and I'll still be upset about not running a certain player enough or, or a failure on, on defense or whatever. So I think there was a little bit of like, let's just like, let's just get to the playoffs now. Like who even cares about this? Mm-hmm. And I was always like, I mean, there's important lessons to learn in pretty much any game a team takes seriously, even some that they don't. Plus like, I'm going to enjoy these wins. I mean, the Bucks have not been this good in a very, very, very long time. I'm going to enjoy each and every win, even as I might pick some things to, to harp on out of them. So I almost think before the shutdown, there was a little bit of a, we just really want the chance for, for retribution, really. I mean, that's the whole focus for the Bucks this season is the expectations are super high. They do need to get to the finals at least to get the uh, – the quote-unquote frauds tag taken <laughs> off of them. I think everyone's pretty aware of that. They need to do it. They just need to do it. They, they're very good. It's the microcosm is the Chris Middleton thing. He's been very, very good. He's going to need to do it consistently at a big stage to prove it. And I think that's a little unfair, but also a little fair. I mean, you, you, you haven't done something until you've done something. But uh, now I think there's a sort of mix. You know, some people are like, should we even be doing this? I think that's pretty universal across all fan bases, especially mm-hmm. – uh, I mean, I think it's probably less prevalent on the good teams because obviously those fans want to see a, a championship, however it comes. But still, I think there's a lot of like, is this even worth it? But I think generally just, you know, confidence. The, they didn't do the one through 16 thing, which would have kind of put the Bucks uh, against a barrel or in a barrel or whatever the expression is. Um, you know, they're in the East, which is seen as, as weaker. There's no LA teams on this side. No offense to you guys, but it is, there's levels to this. Um, and I think people are, are, are relatively confident, but I mean, I think there's just a lot of mystery and skepticism baked into this whole thing for a lot of reasons. Yeah, I, I totally, you know, get that. And I think kind of was a lot of the feeling of the Raptors fan base last year too, right? It's like, Hey, this team has never been this good. Never had a player as good as Kawhi. It was really hard though, to kind of sit in the moment and enjoy it at the time because of all the other implications that seem to be a play. Um, but if I was to pass along some advice uh, to Bucks fans, I would just say try to enjoy it because, like, there is a lot of very fun. There's a lot of fun to have when you have a team as good as the Bucks are right now, or the Raptors were last season, or the Bucks were last season. Even like, you know, I've never been a rings guy, and I know the sort of stakes are much higher when the future of maybe the best player in the world is at stake potentially. Um, and I know that kind of clouds it all, but you know, enjoy while it lasts because it doesn't last long. And sometimes Kawhi leaves and sometimes maybe Giannis will leave. I don't know. I should stop saying, I, I bet I, I was trying to decide how many times I was going to bring it up per segment. Uh, I feel like I've already passed my quota, so I'll try to, to rate it in from now on. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it, it's, it's certainly, I would recommend just trying to soak it in as best you can because it, yeah, you're right in that, you know, it doesn't come along often where you have a team 
that has legitimate championship aspirations. And, and so I, I kind of want to, Rohan, let's throw it to you. Um, the, the, the Bucks are, I think, pretty clearly the best team in the Eastern Conference, as much as I would like to say they are not. They so obviously are. Their defense is miles better than anybody else. They're number two in offense, I believe, right now. And they're beating the piss out of everybody they play. If there's a team in the Eastern Conference, Rohan, to you that poses a threat, what team is that? And what about that team kind of gives you some pause as a potential matchup for Milwaukee? I think one team that's being kind of underrated in the East a little bit is Miami. Mm -hmm. Uh, One thing that we haven't seen this season, even though uh, the Milwaukee Bucks seem to pride themselves on like, we're not going to let some team beat us multiple times or like we're, we're, we want to beat every team. They haven't beaten the Miami heat this season, given they've only played two times, but they've given uh, the Bucks the biggest challenge per se that they've faced this season. Uh, just the great tandem defensively, at least of uh, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo especially, uh, giving trouble to Chris and Giannis like at those positions, having those big, uh, great defenders at those positions where the Bucks need the, their offense the most, mm-hmm. uh, that just presents a big challenge. And also like, also the Raptors, they, their defense does scare me uh, because they have, they have the blueprints of what they did last season. Given that... Uh, it's obvious that not all the pieces are the same. Both teams have shuffled some things around. They still, like the Raptors, they still have their core. They still have like Marcus All, who's like, had, at least from my perspective, like leading the charge defensively. He mm-hmm. kind of makes the makes the scheme go round in terms of his like uh, help off of Brooke Lopez and how he sort of makes passing lanes for Giannis really difficult. Just that blueprint scares me because I've seen it work. Uh, so I would probably say Miami and Toronto are the biggest threats. Interesting that the Sixers don't come up there because they've been kind of talked up all season as, oh, they have the defensive horses, they have all the dudes that they're now talking about finally playing Ben Simmons at the four without really, you know, clarifying the situation as to who their point guard will be because they don't exactly have one. Um, I think they so, said it, I think they're trying Shake Milton right now. Yeah, that yeah. that sounds like a great idea for the playoffs. Sure, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, Ty, like, yeah, just to go off of that, I mean, are the Sixers just not in that realm for you? Do you have a different view on this than Rohan? No, I, I largely agree with Rohan. We both agree that Miami is the biggest, uh, the biggest threat. We went through basically round by round for the Bucks what they expect to look at uh, in the playoffs and basically like what would be the best and the worst matchups. I would love Philly in, in round two. I almost said round one. The team in round one does, does not matter. It gets obliterated no matter what. Uh, round two, I would love Philly um, just because, one, we, we heard all that talk as well. And we heard that Philly was the presumptuous or the the presumed winner of the East as well. And I thought it was ridiculous at the time and still think it's kind of ridiculous now. Um, they just don't, I, I just, I think that, I think they're worse than they were. I don't think they were good enough last year. Um, and I just don't think, I think like you can overcome fit with talent to an extent, but I don't think they have enough talent to overcome the awful, awful fit. That is most of their roster. Shouts mm-hmm. to Elton Brand. Um <laughs> But I would say the one thing we disagree on is I think I'm a little more worried about Boston than Rohan is. And I, mm. I, he's clearly more worried about Toronto than Boston as the, the eventual probably third-round matchup. And I, it's not that I'm not worried about Toronto. The defense is still very good. I, I just think not I, – I just think losing Kawhi, even if you can slot in OG defensively, which is what people always come back with. The Bucks haven't played OG yet. I get that. OG is very, very good. I just think it's – it's going to, I just don't think they're going to be able to keep up with Milwaukee without Kawhi anymore. And I'm, 
I, as much as like the Tatum thing is, is part hype. I do think he is getting to that level of like that kind of an elite score. I don't think he's as good as Kawhi, but I think he's getting to be to what that level of a player. And I'm a little worried about them. I, I, I don't think they have the good enough defense without a great defensive big man. I know they've been really good anyway. So that's why I'm like torn between Boston and Toronto as the second best, but they're very close to each other. Yeah, uh, this is a noted uh, podcast that believes the Miami Heat are frauds. Um, so, oh, really? Yeah, I, I mean, I just don't like any of the roster construction. Like, yes, Jimmy and Bam are excellent, but I kind of feel like at any time, they're always going to have one or two liabilities on one end of the floor out there. And I think the thing I learned about the like basketball from the Raptors last season is that just, just having dudes who are competent on both ends at all times is really valuable. And, you know, anytime you have a liability that can be picked apart. And I mean, I also learned that from, you know, DeMar DeRozan and Jonas Valanciunas getting their pick and roll tandem destroyed over and over and over again in the postseason, you know, for years before as well. And it just kind of was hammered home last year that, you know, when you have five guys who are good at both ends at all times, that is so, so important in the postseason because there's nothing to really pick apart. And the Heat, like, yeah, Andre Iguodala, I don't know, he's old as hell and can't shoot anymore. Um, You know, I don't think you can count on Goran Dragic to defend very well for you. I don't think you can count on Myers Leonard to do anything in the postseason for you. And so after Jimmy and Bam, and like Jimmy himself is a bad shooter, and Bam can't shoot either. I think there's just like a lot of different things that could be exploited in a playoff series if you're thinking about the chess match that I don't think exists when you have Boston or Toronto as those other teams. And I think even Philly, I like more than Miami as well. I'm really not that high on Miami. Um, so I'm trying to calm your nerves as it relates to the heat, I guess, here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Boston, they freak me out too. I, I think like a Boston-Toronto matchup will be incredibly fun. Maybe the series of the playoffs, to be honest, um, just because they're, they seem very evenly matched. And I think you could say on any given day, either Siakam or Tatum is the best player in that series. You know, it kind of oscillates back and forth. I worry about Kemba Walker and A, what's his knee like? And B, is he actually like a useful playoff player? Because we haven't seen it ever in his career. I mean, he's played like one series that wasn't a sweep, right? So like, I don't know. He he's kind of strikes me as like a not very good defending small point guard who might not be super adept at the playoff lifestyle. I don't know. We haven't seen it. And so that's like a hang up I have. And I also like... Daniel Tice is nice. I don't know if I buy him and Ennis Cantor as your center combination. And so I think like the Celtics have a chance of kind of being checkmated a bit in a series as well, just because I think the Raptors in particular have a lot of different things they can throw at them. If you had the Bucks go out there and throw like a Giannis and Lopez front court, I just feel like you're going to overpower them with size. And, yeah. you know, when you throw in, you know, Bledsoe and Middleton on the wings as well and DiVincenzo or whatever it is, I just feel like Boston at some point, their doom is going to be the fact that they, you know, as much as they have great ball handling and good team defense, they don't have a lot in the way of sort of lineup versatility. They kind of have like the one lineup and then a variation of it with Marcus Smart playing center that doesn't solve the size problem. And that's why I, I kind of think they might get upended. But, you know, the East is good. You know, it's like you said, it's not LA, LA, but it's certainly not a bad conference whatsoever. Um, Rohan, let's go to you here and sort of like, what, what's the approach here for Milwaukee in these eight games leading into the postseason? Like, obviously, I, I think for a lot of teams, this is going to be kind of preseason-y. You know, there's not a ton to play for out there in terms of seeding, you know, the West a little bit if you want to avoid 
playing against you know a certain team here or there, but I kind of think that three through six group is pretty much all the same, and it's not going to matter. And the matchups will be what they are. Um, in the in the East, like the Pacers, I think really want to avoid falling down to six. I would imagine. I don't know how much the Sixers care about falling up or going down because I feel like they'd be okay avoiding the Bucks bracket. And so I don't even know outside of like the race for the eight seed and the and the right to get your ass beaten in by the Bucks or Lakers. I don't know, you know really what there is to play for do the bucks kind of go into this sort of in preseason mode is that what you think will be the plan here or do you think they're going to do the thing that Giannis always does and go 100 percent and destroy people just because they can't i think they're going to take the first like these eight games as sort of a warm-up and probably like the first round of the playoffs as well because it has been a long time uh you do need to get ramped up in terms of your basketball like game shape that cliche uh, so you need to you need to remember how everything works, you know, get back into your routines, get back into how you fit into the system. Just it's just you need to you need to be ready. It's just getting ready for the postseason. They have nothing to worry about in terms of seeding because I think they need to win two games because they're six and a half games behind, uh, ahead of Toronto uh, right now. So they need to get like two wins out of eight to secure the number one seed. And that's assuming Toronto goes eight. No. Uh, so you just. You just take these games as a warm-up. You need to get back into you know your normal basketball rhythms because this has been in an like an insanely long hiatus. Mm-hmm. A lot of people haven't been playing a lot of basketball, like organized basketball. So you just you need to get back to to your normal selves in terms of the team that was kicking everyone's ass last, uh, this past season. Ty, anything to add there? Yeah, I would just, I would just pretty much agree. I mean, I think. Honestly, maybe the the greatest luxury any team has in terms of, you know, getting back into action is probably the Bucks holding pretty much a no doubt hold on the first seed out east because even, you know, the Lakers are almost certainly going to keep their first seed out west and I don't I don't think they'll lose a first round series. They probably won't even really get pushed, but like the Grizzlies and the Pelicans are a lot more dangerous than and for just for the record, I'm assuming Orlando moves up into 7 because the Nets and Wizards are like just just absolute skeleton teams with like almost none of their original good players. I just assume that they're going to lose a lot and, and Orlando will move up and Orlando's at least like kind of capable. I mean, they're, you can't just sleepwalk through them. I think the Nets and the Wizards, whoever wins is just, they might take a quarter Orlando. <laughs> yeah. Orlando might take a quarter against the Bucks is our, is our running thing, but the Brooklyn and Washington just will not. I think that's such a luxury to just know that first round series is going to be so easy. I mean, the Lakers, now down two rotational guards, two starting guards, I think, have to deal with, like, an actual team that is going to be competitive and have good players, mm-hmm. whereas the Bucks get, like, basically 12 warm-up games, which I think, I think we'll see Bud really never goes all the way in in regular season games, even against, like, the Clippers and Lakers. So I certainly don't think we're going to see, like, 38 minutes to be honest at any point in this thing. I uh, oh, Bud not playing Giannis 38 minutes. I'm well aware of, uh, of what that's all about. Uh, <laughs> Um, when, yeah, I, I think that does, it's a really good sort of luxury that you mentioned that they have, that they don't have to worry about it. Although I do find this to be extreme Jamal Crawford slander, and I don't think I'm going to stand for it. Um, I, I would, I, honestly, I'm kind of rooting for the Bucks to get the seven seed just so the Raptors can lose game one to Jamal Crawford. Um, you know, obviously beat them in five, but just that, that beauty of losing on like a game winner to Jamal Crawford assisted by like Chris Chioza or whoever the hell's on that team. I and that's starting point guard, baby. Fun. I, that's bizarre. Like so bonkers. Just start Jamal. <laughs> like, don't worry <laughs> about Chris Chioza. Just do Jamal, Karis, Joe Harris, 
Jared Allen, and I guess Beasley if he's healthy, but he's uh, got coronavirus. So all the best to super cool bees because that is uh, really unfortunate. Um, all right, guys, question for you. Sort of finish this sentence for me. If the Milwaukee Bucks don't – or sorry, let me rephrase it. The Milwaukee Bucks did not make it out of the Eastern Conference because blank. Rohan. Because of a failure to learn. Hmm. Because they have the blueprints of what they need to necessarily get out of the Eastern Conference. Because if you look at what happened last year, they took the problems that they had and they sort of fixed it personnel-wise. You had a uh, walking traffic cone on defense named Nikola Mirotic, who was gone, and actually have a uh, defensive-minded player in Marvin Williams enter Mm -hmm. the fray. You didn't have a single backup center to... uh, go when like the Raptors went big. Now in comes Robin Lopez. You didn't have, uh, you like he was on the roster, but Dante DiVincenzo wasn't available to play. He's another player who you feel comfortable on both ends of the court, like handling uh, like a big assignment. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have these options available to you in every sort of situation. You can, you can mitigate anything that comes at you. It's just whether you choose or not choose, whether you actually act on it or not. And Ty, I'll ask the same question to you. Yeah, pretty similar answer because they blew it. That's blowing it, honestly. I mean, of course, you know, knock on wood, bubble stuff. Maybe it's more complicated, whatever. Just I, I feel like everyone should just assume that that's, that exact phrase is at the end of every sentence I say right now. Mm-hmm. Assuming nothing outside of the, the norm for 2020 go, goes horribly wrong. Um, yeah, I, I agree with Rohan, though. I think they just blew it. I think they're, they're better than everybody. I don't think they have that many real weaknesses. I think they have the best player in the league. I think they have another player who's very, very good and should be an all-NBA player this year, and Chris Middleton. I mean, in, in my opinion, he has been. Who knows what the voters will do. Um, they have a, a guy who I think should be a top three DPOI finalist, in addition to Giannis, in Brooke Lopez, who already is not getting any respect. I just think they're so good. They, they clearly saw up close, thanks to your Toronto Raptors, I'll, I'll <laughs> lean into it for you. Um, they clearly saw up close, you know, what teams need to do to win. They need to adjust. They need to have, you know, that counterpunch. The Bucks have worked on some things to kind of go to when things get gummed up, which I think, honestly, just looking back at that series, they just didn't have that. When things got gummed up, the Raptors had things they could go to. A lot of it was just, you know, Kawhi being Kawhi, but they had other stuff too. The Bucks just didn't. They just didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So they've, they've had their stumbling block. They added better pieces that, that fit a lot better. They know what to do. At this point, now it's a failure to execute uh, on somebody, probably more than one somebody's, but uh, I won't name any names until after it hopefully never happens. Yeah, I look forward to Eric Bledsoe getting his second championship ring in a row when the Lakers win the title uh, <laughs> or, or something oh, like God. that. I'm sorry. I just have to. It's so easy with Eric Bledsoe, man. Um, guys this was wonderful thank you so much for uh being good sports as i uh act as an asshole to the people who come on my own podcast (laughs) out of the goodness of their own hearts uh you guys do wonderful work and and in, in all honesty it's really fun the back and forth and i'm fully embracing the fact that if the raptors lose to the bucks in the playoffs this year which is more likely than not uh it'll be a whole year of bucks fans doing the exact same thing to raptors fans of course until the summer of 2021 let's uh, fingers crossed um but yeah if we get there yeah uh, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> things could be really really ruined for raptors fans uh in very short order with this short off season 
quick dispatch uh, at the hands of the Bucks in the conference finals. Giannis signs a supermax, and we uh, go back to our hole of being depressed and oh. sad Raptors fans. Um, Poor you guys, stuck with the second best <laughs> core in the East, all these fun young players, one of the best coaches in the league. I'm and not letting title. you do this. I, and a title, yeah. I'm not letting you do this. No, you are yeah. not getting any sympathy from me. I'm Fair sorry. Enough. Last quick question for you guys. How scared, scale of 1 to 10, are you of Masai Ujiri being in the bubble with Giannis? Rohan uh, first. One to ten, you said. <laughs> yeah, like a one. Okay, all right, fair. I d- I do not know where this link came from, uh, and I've we Ty and I have tried to figure this out, and I I don't know. I'm not really worried about it. Ty, do you have a a, a fear level? I mean, like a side? three, like yeah. a three. I think Giannis likes and respects him. I do think like the report of I think like Masai helping Giannis's family get to Greece. I think some of the dates on that don't really line up, and it's like mm. only been tied to one person. I, I I need to look more into it, but it seemed like I don't know if it actually holds up all that much as a real thing that happened. Maybe it did. I'm not trying to slander anybody, but just from a cursory research, we we, we found some weirdness with that. But I, I mean, I think he's a great executive. I think we've seen him pull off. Oh, big of course, moves nothing before. but respect from his side. <laughs> yeah, but I just I just I think it, it comes from in general. I think at this point, we're either not worried or just going to ignore any worry about Giannis leaving. I mean, there's nothing to do but enjoy him while he's here and assume we're good enough to keep him. Honestly, that's the way to do it. Like when Kawhi like bought a house in Southern California in the middle of last season, I was just like, ah, that didn't happen. It's fine. He, he lives there in the off season. It's all good. Uh, it's, it's good to, you know, ignore the bad stuff and embrace the good. I will fully endorse doing that. Although I will say, the fact that you guys have Googled this does suggest higher than a three on the fear ranking. I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys so much for, for coming to the podcast. This was great. And I, I will gladly come on the Euro step at some point. Uh, if you guys want to uh, roast me at some point down the line, uh, because Hey, that's what this is all about. It's fun to have fun when it comes to basketball, especially when we have this dumb bubbles situation going on and there's nothing but to laugh at the whole situation and have a good time with it. Uh, Rohan, where can people find your work? Uh, you can find the Euro step on any uh, podcast platform, G-Y-R-O, nice pun. Uh, you can find my tweets over at twitter.com slash R-K-A-T-T-I-J-R. I don't know why I put twitter.com slash, but here we are. Boomerang. H-T-T-P uh, <laughs> colon double backslash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And just, uh, yeah, you can find the Eurostep, uh, all the great episodes we've been putting out throughout, you know, this hiatus from basketball and that'd be much appreciated. I know for a fact a lot of Raptors fans listen to that podcast. Maybe as some sort of schadenfreude, I don't know, but there's definitely a large contingent of Raptors fans who comprise. We've the we've gotten the, we've gotten the tweets. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think they like it, but they do listen, and we do appreciate it. Hey, man, I, there's plenty of people who don't like this podcast who listen. I don't care if you don't like it. You give me the download numbers and ultimately the ad revenue. That's all I care about. Thank you, uh, Ty. Do you have uh, where where do people find your work? Yeah, first you fire up the dial up on your computer. Yeah. And then you put it in www. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find, uh, definitely check out the podcast. As Rohan said, he pretty much covered it. So I get to be more selfish, which is super sick. Uh, I am on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Just at Ty Windish, T-I-W-I-N-D-I-S-C-H. Just punch it in and you will find uh, a picture of me staring back at you. Uh, it's a little creepy, but just ignore the picture and, and look for the content. <laughs> Uh, and otherwise, uh, I also do NBA stuff on my Patreon, cover every NBA move, other analysis, a lot of bubble stuff lately, of course, at patreon.com slash Ty So just put in the name and you'll find pretty much all of it. 
Yeah, you guys do great work. Thank you so much for being on. Uh, I, I apologize for this next thing I'm about to say, or this last final question. What happens if Giannis, in fact, does leave? Doesn't have to be for Toronto. Doesn't have to be, but like, do you still keep the Greek pun in the podcast name? Have you not thought about that yet? Do you find another food to work in, or do you just hope they sign Giorgio's Papi Giannis? I guess it all depends on Tenassus. <laughs> <laughs> That is the correct answer, I think, guys. We can tie it to a Greek <laughs> restaurant that we build in Milwaukee. That works. Yeah. Get that local sponsorship going. Yeah, uh, that, that's, that's wonderful. Thanks so much, guys. You guys are great. I apologize for my misbehavior. And hopefully we can do it again sometime if, you, if I haven't burned this bridge forever. Nah, thank you for having us. This was fantastic. Uh, yeah. that's <laughs> much appreciated, Sean. Thank you. Of course, that's going to do for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please subscribe to rate and review this podcast wherever you get your podcast. It's much appreciated tomorrow, Thursday. I'm going to be joined by Michael Pina, our pal from uh, all over the internet and his lovely open four podcast with Ben Golliver to talk about the Boston Celtics. Don't worry. We're going to rib Michael about the Celtics as well. I'm sure. And, uh, that's just what we do here on this year podcast. That's going to do it. We will talk to you again on Thursday with another episode of Locked On Raptors. Now go tell your smart speaker to play any number of other Locked On NBA shows to prepare for the bubble.